Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the So Video Games podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Tonight, we are recording on April 9th, 2017. My name is Corey Motley. I am a staff writer at GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of the show. With me, as always, is Brad Galloway, who is the editor at GameCritics.com. How are things going, Brad? Things are going really well, man. Had a great weekend, and I believe we both have lots of stuff to talk about, so I'm really looking forward to it tonight, dude. Good, good, good to hear. We do have a ton of shit to talk about. Um, uh, well, I mean, we might as well just jump right in. Uh, as usual, we kick the show off with some unnecessary banter that is not necessarily game-related. Uh, Brad, it sounds like you've been busy, so what have you been up to? A um, couple things. I'll just go through them real quick. First, shout-out to Baskin-Robbins. I don't eat a lot of ice cream, but, you know, I do like ice cream uh, every now and then. And I just went down to the mall recently, and we were going to get a cone. And I was looking in the case. They had, you know, all 31 flavors. And I saw a new one. I had never seen this one before. It's called Caramel Macchiato. And I'm like, huh, I like coffee. And I was kind of looking for something new. I always tell myself I'm going to get cookies and cream when I go down there because I love cookies and cream. But, like, I never get it. Like, every single time I go, I'm like, okay, today's the day, cookies and cream. Today's that day. (laughs) And I get down there and I'm like, oh, daiquiri ice. And then I'm like, cookies and cream. And I'm like, oh, it's, uh, you know, baseball ripple or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, like, I, I always like at the last minute swerve. And I'm like... Okay, no, today for real is going to be cookies and cream. I'm in the mood. And I get down there, and I'm like, oh, man, caramel macchiato. That sounds good. (laughs) And uh, I got a scoop. Dude, it was delicious. It was, like, the best ice cream I've had in, like, I don't even know how long. It was so good. And usually at Baskin-Robbins, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. It's ice cream, sure. I mean, ice cream's, like, rarely bad. Uh, I have had bad ice cream, but never at Baskin-Robbins. And... But this one was like, it was like over the top, super delicious. Shout out to Caramel Macchiato. It was like a coffee ice cream with a caramel swirl and it had these chocolate chips, but they were also like kind of like coffee chocolate chips. It almost tasted like um, fragments of a coffee bean. So it was like a tiny little bit of bitter to kind of balance out the sweetness of the caramel and then the creamy of the coffee ice cream. It was like really, really good. I was just like, oh my God, I want to go back and get like another cone. That was <laughs> that was a fucking dope ass ice cream cone. <laughs> So good. Uh, anyway, so shout out to Carmel Macchiato. Um, also, want to mention real quick, uh, we saw Sing today. That was a CGI animated movie from, I think, early last year. Have you heard of Sing, Corey? Yeah, it's uh, the one about like the porcupine rock star, right? And Scarlett Johansson voices somebody in it. Is that correct? Totally, totally. Yeah, it's like it's an it's a family film for kids and everybody in it is like a CGI animal. Basically, this koala has this um, theater and he's going out of business. He's got no money. And his last ditch attempt to save the theater is to put on a talent show, which is basically like American Idol, more or less. So he auditions a bunch of animals in the town and every animal has like a different backstory. Like there's a gorilla and the gorilla's dad is a criminal, but the the son doesn't want to be a criminal. He wants to be a singer. Uh, The porcupine has this really shitty boyfriend who's like a dick and he wants her to stay as a backup singer, but she wants to be a lead singer. Uh, there's an elephant who's like really, really shy, but she's got a beautiful voice, uh, so on and so on. Uh, so it kind of rotates between the characters, but it was really good. It was really interesting and well done. I mean, one thing that was kind of a bummer was that I think all of the songs were songs that were famous from other people. And I kind of don't like reused songs like that all the time. I, I sometimes like having some original music, uh, but every song in this movie was, you know, like a hit or a classic of some sort. 
So kind of a bummer just for me personally, it's my quirk, but overall it was pretty good. Although I will say there was one really, really disappointing thing um, in, in the movie. One of the characters is a housewife and she's a pig and she's got like 25 piglets because, you know, I guess pigs have a lot of piglets when they have their babies. Uh, the dad was like working really hard. He was never at home. He would come home totally just be like, hey, honey, grab his dinner and pass out on the couch. And the, the wife was like working crazy, like managing these 25 kids. And then she had a good voice. And so she wanted to sing, too, but she couldn't get away. She couldn't find childcare. So she, like, rigs up this giant, like, Rube Goldberg machine. It's, like, bike gears and belts and spoons attached to it. And, like, it basically did all of her household chores while she was away so that the house would get taken care of. Which sounds kind of cool that she figured out a way to get out and get to the audition. But the shitty thing was, like, she set this machine up and, like, nobody in the house even noticed she was gone for, like, a week <laughs> until the machine broke. And I'm like, dude, that's so shitty. Like, this whole house of people are pigs. We're, like, you know, getting fed and getting off to school and, you know, getting taken care of and the laundry's getting done. And this mom was, like, working her ass off taking care of the house. And nobody even fucking knew she was gone. I was like, what? That's so lame. Like, nobody appreciates her. Nobody even... Do they even know she's even there? Do they think she's, like, living help or whatever? It was kind of lame. And at the end, when she does her number, she has this, like, really sexy outfit on. And she does this cool dance routine. And then the husband, all of a sudden, is like... He's got this look on his face, like... Oh, oh, oh my god, I never I never noticed you were attractive. And like he totally like gives you this big kiss. But I was like, dude, where you been? This has been your wife the whole time. Like, man, <laughs> no appreciation at all for this uh for this poor house housewife pig. So uh, overall, uh, and good movie, good movie. I think that particular issue probably unintentional, uh, but I noticed it, and my wife definitely noticed it. So <laughs> maybe maybe other maybe other wives across America noticed it as well. But I, I still recommend it. It was really cute, it was really good. Um, last thing, really quick shout out to an app that you can download on iOS. It's called Stickbot Studio, S-T-I-K-B-O-T Studio. This is actually a line of toys. They're these really posable action figures that are about maybe two inches tall. They're called Stickbots. Um, and they have this really cool app where if you download it to your phone, it helps you make stop motion animated movies. And the thing that's neat about it is that, I mean, apparently there's a whole bunch of apps to do this. I never really noticed, but my son was kind of wanting to do it. So we downloaded this thing. It's free. Anybody can download it for free. And the thing that makes it really cool is that when it takes a picture of whatever you're taking a picture of, it leaves like a ghost image up on your phone so that you know exactly where your figure was the last time so that it helps you line it up to make sure like your animation like stays on track. So it was really cool, very helpful. Um, and also the really, really cool thing was like it freaking does green screen on it. Like I had no idea, but like you hit a button and it totally does like 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 CG movie green screen. So you set up a green like blanket or a piece of green construction paper and then you put your figure on top of it and you can superimpose like any background you want. And it's like for this free app on the iPhone and it worked like amazing. I was just like blown away by how cool it was. So shout out to Stickbot Studio for sure. If you got a kid or maybe you are an aspiring stop motion animator, definitely worth checking out. And it's free. What do you got to lose? Nothing. Check it out. Those are my those are my banters this week, man. What do you got? Uh, well, first of all, is your son making like awesome Transformers movies with this app now? Well, he does a lot. Of, <laughs> he's doing a lot of really like violent movies, and so it's kind of <laughs> giving me some pause. It seems like in every movie, a giant robot shows up and pounds whoever is like the star of that particular movie. So it'll be like one of the Walking Dead figures, like one of the humans will be like walking, and then this robot will show up out of nowhere and then pound it. Or, like, Iron Man will be walking, and then this giant robot will show up and pound him. Or it'll be, like, Ultraman. And so, you know, like, I'm like, why do you keep having this robot pound these guys? He's like, I don't know. 
So maybe there's something I need to address. I, I, we're going to work <laughs> on that. I got a counseling appointment set up next week. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's pretty funny. Um, I uh, I've been fucking busy as shit this weekend. Uh, we have uh, Patrick and I have a visitor this weekend. Uh, one of our first mm, visitors, I guess, weekend visitors. Um, who is Earl? Uh, his Twitter handle is er underscore notr. Do you know who this is, Brad? No, never heard of him. Okay, he uh, he's kind of in the same circles as like comics and movies and video games and stuff. And uh, he runs a site called Nerds on the Rocks, and it's like uh, just like a comic and video game site. And he does uh, some podcasts and stuff related to it too. But he lives in New York, and um, and he's more. I've been we've been following each other on Twitter for a long time. Um, but he's more friends with Patrick than me, which is fine. You know, I'm not trying to call anybody out or anything. But um, he came out to visit us, so he's been here. He got here on uh, pretty late Thursday night, and he's leaving tomorrow afternoon. And uh, so we've been doing the whole like, you know, trying to take him to cool places, and uh, you know, taking him to downtown and all this stuff. So uh, it's kind of funny because Patrick and I, I feel like we haven't been here long enough to really have a bunch of like concrete places nailed down that we like know we need to take people whenever they visit so it's kind of fun because we get to like explore the city as well whenever people visit right now until we find a bunch of like mainstays that we really like in new orleans but we have been to a few places um i have some food updates coming brad are you excited about this i am excited and ready (laughs) well uh, i just want to give a few places some shout outs that we've been to this uh this weekend um are not going to be in order of eating because I can't remember what all we ate in order. But uh, today for lunch, we went to a place called Dat Dog. It is a hot dog place. And it might sound lame on the surface because I don't know how exciting hot dog places sound. But they have like several different kinds of like meat hot dogs. And they have three different kinds of veggie dogs. And they have a list of like, I don't know, like 20 different ingredients you can put on the hot dog. Um, So it's not just like a basic like ketchup and mustard, you know, regular hot dog, pork hot dog or whatever. They have a bunch of different stuff. Um, They have fries and they have like cheese fries and chili cheese fries and loaded fries. And they've got uh, beers on tap and some cocktails and all this stuff. But that place is really good. Um, I went there today and got a uh, chipotle veggie dog with guacamole and ketchup and jalapenos on top. And it pretty much burned my mouth out whenever I was eating it because it was very spicy. And we went to some other places, a Live Oak Cafe for brunch, which was yummy. It's just a little brunch place. We went to a place called Toast for uh, brunch on a different day, which was also delicious. Um, The French Quarter Festival is going on this weekend. Uh, So we were downtown yesterday, or I guess it was Friday afternoon, and it was just like a big festival with live music and a stage, and a bunch of people had... um, you know, like little shops set up under tents and stuff like that. And there were a bunch of like uh, food and drink vendors everywhere. And that was pretty neat. That was all weekend long this weekend. Went to a Mardi Gras museum, which was pretty cool. Um, Cause I don't, I didn't really know that much about Mardi Gras going into like, you know, coming in to live in New Orleans. I mean, I obviously know it's like parades and floats and stuff, but that was a neat uh, museum. We went on a tour and watched like a 15 minute video about the history of Mardi Gras. And we got to go through the, the Mardi Gras float workshop because they build the floats um, at the warehouse that we went to. So they like, we got to go through like the workroom and actually see people like building the floats and see old floats that they're repurposing and different props and stuff. So that was pretty neat. But I think the most exciting thing about this weekend is that uh, 
Uh, Brad, I know you know I'm a pretty big beer drinker, and I finally, finally found a good beer place in New Orleans because the beer scene in New Orleans is incredibly lame. Um, there's, like, not a very good beer scene here. There's only, like, a handful of big breweries here, and they, because it's so hot here, it's all, like, IPAs and, like, light beers, and I like darker, thicker beers, but I finally found a place. It's called Ale on Oak, and it is a, it's like two separate little buildings. One of them is like a beer place, and one of them is like a wine bar and a restaurant, and there's this amazing patio, a covered patio between them, and you can go in either one and just kind of go back and forth between like the different buildings if you want, or you can sit in the patio or just whatever. It's super casual, but it's pretty, f I mean, it's, it's casual, but it looks nice. Like it's pretty, um, like upscale looking and they have a gigantic tap list. And I was really excited because I finally found like a great place to get beer in New Orleans. And, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I think that's maybe, maybe all the stuff that I have to talk about maybe. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I you know, I'm not much on beer myself, but I'm definitely down with hot dogs. Hot dogs is like some of my favorite food. And like hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's a lot to do with hot dogs. And if you don't know, like, I mean, it's not just like you said, not just ketchup and mustard. I mean, there's many, many things you can do with dogs. So that sounds very, very exciting. And as far as that Mardi Gras museum, I mean, like, I'm trying to imagine like what it would be. I don't know very much about New Orleans, but like, did you go to the Mardi Gras museum? And it was just like, endless hallways of like those like shiny bead necklaces or like what else did they have there <laughs> well you walk into uh like the gift shop where you can buy different kinds of souvenirs and stuff and it's also where you buy the the tickets for the tours um but the gift shop i mean they have beads in it and they have like masks like the you know mardi gras masks that only cover like your eyes and your nose and they have a bunch of little souvenirs and stuff you know like glasses and coffee mugs and stuff like that um but it was pretty much, as far as the tour goes, it was mostly about the big floats and the props. So, like, it's pretty much just, like, the gift shop. And then there's, like, a side room that's, like, a little bitty theater. And by theater, I mean, like, a bunch of seats in a row with a projector in front of it. And and then the big warehouse is in the back of the building that has, like, all the big floats that have been used and all the props and stuff. So it's pretty much just like three rooms, one of them being a gigantic warehouse. But uh, there's some beads, but not, it was definitely not like, you know, 90% beads and boobies. <laughs> that was my next question, but you answered it. So that's cool. Uh, well, that sounds good, dude. That sounds good. But I, I, you know, I'm really curious. At some point, you got to take one of those spooky like voodoo tours or something, you know, like all the graveyards and the mausoleums and stuff when you hit one of those man let me know how those are uh i will we actually looked we didn't take one this weekend but we looked into uh like ghost tours and stuff downtown and on the on bourbon street which is like the the happening street i forgot to mention i had my first uh saturday night bourbon street experience last night which was pretty i mean it, it was like wild but i didn't get like wasted or anything i mean i had some drinks but um but uh, there are, like, voodoo shops just kind of, like, scattered around on Bourbon Street. So it's, like, a daiquiri store, a pizza place, like, a little bar, and then, like, bam, like, a voodoo place out of nowhere. And you go in, and they have, like, incense and, like, like uh, I don't know, like, little statues and little, um, like, altars set up and stuff. And it's kind of, like, it's, like, half gift shop, like, half sort of, like, like uh, voodoo religious sort of stuff. So uh, we went into a couple of those. And I don't know, it's kind of weird because it's, like seems out of place in the middle of like a strip that's filled with a bunch of people like getting wasted in the streets and carrying like drinks around but i mean i guess it's part of new orleans history so maybe it's not so out of place 
Interesting, interesting. I look forward to some further reports and uh, explorations on that side of things. I mean, it seems like there's a, a lot of stuff to draw from, and it's you know obviously the inspiration for many, many famous works, TV shows, books, and things like that. So I would be curious to hear about that side of it. Well, whenever I figure out more, whether it be more shopping or tours or stuff like that, I will definitely report back to you. Right on, right on. And also, whenever uh, you need to hurry up and schedule a visit out to New Orleans so I can take you and your family to get hot dogs. Uh, That's definitely going to be going down, for (laughs) sure. Well, uh, I don't think I have anything else for banter. Do you have anything else before we move on? Nah, man, I'm good. We got lots to dig into, and I'm sure that our listeners are waiting. Let's hit it. All right. Well, um, instead of... Uh, housekeeping notes this week because we've been pretty into housekeeping lately. Um, I want to say that our show is going to be a tiny bit different this week. Our regular listeners will know that usually when Brad and I uh, discuss games on the So Video Games podcast, usually Brad plays a couple games, I play a couple games, and we just kind of give a little overview of the games. We'll ask each other questions about the games and then just kind of give some impressions and like, you know, kind of a would we recommend or would we not recommend. However, this show is going to be a tiny bit different. Um, this week, Brad and I played a shitload of game demos and f- some free-to-play games on the PlayStation 4. So we can have actually like a pretty good discussion about them because we both played the same games. I think there's only maybe like one game that one of us didn't play. Uh, but we both dipped into the same ones, and we're both uh, familiar with all the stuff that we have to talk about this week. Um, I guess we took, last week I was talking about demos, and then this week we just jumped in headfirst into demos and free-to-play games. But uh, So that's that's it for like a little bit of housekeeping. Brad, uh, we played a lot of stuff this week. What do you want to start with? Man, um, I guess what I want to start with first is that before we jump into this, I do want to say that we do not do this podcast just so we can talk shit about games every week. I know we've been <laughs> we've been kind of skewing a little bit negative lately. It's just, you know, I've played a number of games which just didn't click with me, and that's been kind of a thing, and it seems like you haven't had a whole lot of winners lately either. And, I, you know, I'm a little bit afraid that people listening to the show think that we're just going to be like these grumps or that, you know, like, why, you know, why do we even do a podcast if we don't like games? Every game they play, they think is shit. I mean... We're honest. We're honest people. And I think that we're going to give you very straightforward answers about the stuff that we play. We're not really into sugarcoating things. And just for whatever reason, we just have hit this streak of stuff that's not great. But I do. I just want to say, like, we love games. We love games. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this in the first place. Why would we bother doing this if we didn't love games? So we may skew a little bit negative this week, but please don't hold that against us. Um, I, I have a feeling that we're going to be turning a corner pretty soon. I feel like there's some good stuff we're going to be talking about before too long. Um, But let's just get through this and hopefully our audience will stay with us. So uh, with that said, let's talk about probably the most awful game on our list. Let's just get it out of the way. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think probably the most awful game we played this week is Drawn to Death. What do you think, Corey? Mm. Yeah, Drawn to Death. Uh, It's pretty bad. It's It's pretty bad. bad. Okay. It's (laughs) yeah, it's real bad. Uh, Okay, so Drawn to Death, uh, and I'm going to read these notes that Corey has wonderfully added here for me. Uh, This was announced in 20... God, 2014. It seems like... Yeah, that seems about right. It's been a while. Uh, This is put out by David Jaffe's studio, and is his studio really called the Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency? That's literally what it is called. That is fucked up. What what a ponce, dude. Like, why why (laughs) would you name your studio that? Uh, That is really stupid. Um... (laughs) Could you imagine being the HR lady that has to, like, write that on every single form? 
Well, how many people fucking call them up and say, oh, I got to go. So I want you to investigate, dude. Like how many people call and be like, and he's like, yeah, no, we're not Scooby-Doo. We don't have them. We're a game studio. But your, but your thing says super. Yeah, I know. We get that all the time. What a pain in the ass, dude. Like, <laughs> whatever. And the, the sad thing uh, is that the name of the studio ha- does not tie in any way, shape, or form with their debut game at all. Yeah, what the fuck? In, in fact, <laughs> didn't he have another age, uh, another studio before this, though, didn't he? It was like he was... Okay, so let me back up. David Jaffe made his name working for Sony. Um, originally, it was Twisted Metal. Uh, he That was real popular back in the day, for anybody who remembers Twisted Metal. And then after that, it was God of War, which was even bigger than Twisted Metal. And so that was where he cut his teeth. That was where he made his name, got his reputation going. He rode that for quite a while. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, I, I was never a huge Twisted Metal fan, but I know that had a really big fan base and it was pretty popular for a while. And of course, I mean, it seemed like at the time everybody and their brother was loving on God of War. I mean, I loved it too. I mean, I think God of War, uh, it kind of petered out towards the end, but the first two I thought were really solid and really cool for the time. Um, so that was really, really big. And then he just kind of left Sony. I don't remember what happened, but he kind of had a falling out or he left or something happened. And he left, and he didn't... This is not his first game. He made another game before this, and it was um, something called, like, Calling All Cops or something like that. It was, like, a kind of a top-down... Kind of reminded me of, like, RC Pro-Am sort of style, where you're looking down at these little cars and you're driving around a city. Do you remember that, that game at all, Corey? I have no idea what you're talking about. And neither does anybody else, because that's how big <laughs> of a hit it was. I remember, because I'm that, I'm that game critic, but I don't think anybody even remembers that existed... And he, I think he had a different studio for that. And I don't know what happened to that. I don't remember hearing from him since then until now. But apparently he's formed the Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Uh, and his new game is Drawn to Death. This is a free-to-play, four-player arena shooter. Okay, so, like, the hook to this game is that it's it's a behind-the-back, third-person shooter action. And it's only multiplayer. There's no single-player. Uh, but the hook is that it looks like the scribbles that teenage boys, like angsty, angry teenage boys would do on their notebooks when they're bored in class. And in fact, so like if you remember like, you know, three ring binders, uh, college rule, notebook paper, that kind of shit when you were back in school or maybe you're still in school, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I used to draw as as a kid. I had a pretty good hand, I must say. And I knew a lot of other people uh, would doodle or draw when they were bored in class, which was, for all of us was like every day. And, you know, you would just draw whatever. So this game is basically taking that, that aesthetic of like, you know, pentagrams and chicks with big boobs and monsters and guns and swear words and stuff that you would just doodle on your notebook and then like animating those and the whole world kind of looks like as if you were in the pages of some, you know, butt rockers like notebook or something. So that's the, the, the visual aesthetic, the gameplay aesthetic is that, you know, like we said, it's a four player arena shooter. You run around in small arenas and you shoot other people. You have, you know, some weapons you can switch between each character. I think there's like, I'm going to say five or six characters to choose from. Uh, They have different skins, and each one has, like, two different abilities that they can do. And that's kind of it. Like, there's not really a lot to it, but I will say... I mean, number one, I think mechanically it's very unimpressive, very uninteresting. Uh, This is very, very boilerplate stuff, and nothing to really make it stand out. You know, I jumped in, started running around shooting guys. I mean, it felt a little stiff, a little mechanical to me. Felt uh, not like a lot of flow to it. But, you know, shooter, 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 whatever. 
the thing that that really put me off of this game, apart from the fact that it's boring to play, is I found it just really, really in poor taste and really fucking offensive. Uh, the tutorial is just, it's like this weird frog who is like dissected, comes up and he's like walking you through the tutorial and he's calling you all sorts of names. There's all sorts of swear words all over the walls of the place that you're at. All sorts of cussing, just really nasty stuff. And it's not like I'm a prude. I mean, I swear like a sailor when I'm hanging out with friends and I, you know, I have no problem with violence or blood or sex or anything like that. I just felt like it was in very poor taste. Like it wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. It was just a lot of swearing, like calling you like a fucking idiot and a shithead and, you know, like all these weird different things just showing up on screen. Like it seemed like every line was like saying something nasty to you, but it wasn't funny. Like there was no real point to it other than the fact that it was just there to swear. And like, and maybe that's the shitty high school asshole aesthetic that he's going for. I mean, maybe, but it really put me off. Like I just did not like that, that tone didn't like that attitude. And I didn't like the visuals. Like, I don't think making these characters look like a, uh, a notebook scribble. It's not very good looking. Everything's kind of white and scribbly and washed out and it's just not attractive and it's just gross and grimy and nasty didn't like the didn't like the idea didn't like the implementation didn't like the aesthetic didn't like any of it i think it's awful and you know it's it's ironic that it's free to play because uh when i played it i literally could not find a full game i mean they were giving this game away and i could only find matches i think with one or two people i never played a complete game so i mean even for free people are like yeah whatever dude so Corey, i i just talked a whole lot sorry about that but i i think this game is just gross and lame and detestable uh, what what did you think of it? Uh, well, when I first started playing it, because you had mentioned that we should download it to try it, and I was like, okay, cool. So I downloaded it. I had no idea what the game was, and I played through the tutorial. I think mm. that the game is pretty like misleading at first, because the tutorial is like, it takes about 15 minutes to complete, and it's a lot of like, you know, just what you said, over-the-shoulder, third-person shooting, um you know, testing character special abilities and stuff like that. There's like a couple of little boss fights and stuff. So, and then you finish the tutorial and you go back to the main menu and the only thing you can do is two on two, like multiplayer arena. And I was under the impression that there would be like a story mode or something. Cause the tutorial feels very story mode esque. So, I mean, that wouldn't have made the game any better or like the tone of the game any better, but I already don't like multiplayer games. Like, at all and so learning that this is only a multiplayer game i was like wow this like i thought there would be a little bit more to this like you know a story mode or something like that maybe to unlock more people or unlock more weapons or something like that and uh and i mean you're right on about the tone i mean this seems like god this this game seems like it was written and probably what i'm about to say is true but i can only speculate that it was written by like a 45 year old man who like like writing very crass dialogue that was funny like when he was 13 that he thinks is still funny now like that's kind of the tone of the game it's just really crass it's really stupid it's like I don't know that there's not a single bit of like sophistication to any of it. Um, it's just like all like really lewd, sarcastic writing. And it's like not funny. It's not clever. It's not creative. Um, it's just incredibly stupid. And it's the kind of game where 
I like as I'm playing it, I am actively embarrassed for every single person that worked on the game. And I'm embarrassed that I'm playing the game and I'm embarrassed that this kind of game exists like in like in video game space. I mean, I'm sure that there's an audience for it out there, however small and however, you know, Gamergate it is. But it's just like so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally, totally. I mean, this is what. This game is exactly what people who don't play games think games are like if they're like <laughs> anti-games, you know, like whenever you, you know, and yet whenever you talk to somebody who like thinks video games are going to rot your brain, you know, they always say like, oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, fuck a hooker and then you kill her and then take her money. Like that's this is like that. This is that. Like this is exactly what people would think games are like. It's gross and it's dumb. I never laughed. Like none of it was funny at all. And I, I love humor in games. I love jokes in games. And like I said, I'm not sensitive. Like, if somebody drops an F-bomb, like, I do not care. Like, I, you know, it's not offensive to me. But the way that this game is presented was very offensive to me. It was very tasteless. And I'm just, I'm shocked that David Jaffe thought this was worth releasing. Like, I mean, if he's been working on it for three years and this is what he came up with, like, what have you been doing with your three years, dude? Like, this was a complete waste of time, complete waste of effort, complete waste of resources. And this is, everybody's going to forget this game in, like, a week if it's not already forgotten. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I would be embarrassed to say that I worked on this. Like, it's not a great game to play. There's nothing clever about it, nothing creative about it. It's just really offensive and, and crass. Like, I just, I don't see what anybody thought was worthwhile about this game to, to put the time and resources in it to, to make it a finished playable product. I mean, uh, I, I, just, I just don't even know. I just don't even know why they even fucking bothered. You know, this seemed like something that should have been done on a game jam weekend where the topic would be like, make, make the shittiest game you can possibly make. And this is what he crapped out. And then you let it go. You just stop. You know, I don't know why he bothered. So I deleted this game after like, I don't know, half an hour. And I was like, I'm never playing this again. I just, I just, I, I hate it. I just, it's garbage. Do not like it. Uh, yeah. I don't really think I have anything else to add to it. It's really stupid. And I don't really respect David Jaffe as an artist in any way, shape, or form. And the less time we spend talking about him and giving free press to his games, the better. So let's move on. Agreed. Why don't you take the next one, sir? Oh, all right. Let's talk about... Uh, we are going to talk about APB next, which stands for All Points Bulletin. Um, it, perhaps you might have heard of this game because it's been around for a fucking long-ass time, but it just started making its way to consoles pretty recently. Um, APB is... A, it's an open world, uh, like multiplayer, uh, what's the word? Like an, an open world online multiplayer game. Uh, it's similar to like Saints Row and GTA because it's sort of like a cops versus gang members kind of thing. It originally came out on PC in 2010. And then it came to, if my research on this is correct, I hope none of this is wrong. It came to Xbox One in June of 2016. And it just came out on PlayStation 4 uh, on March 31st. It's free to play with lots of my microtransactions and stuff, as most free to play games have. Um, it was originally developed by Real Time Worlds, but there's like a bunch of shit that happened. Like they went under and closed, and I guess uh, a company called K2 Network um, like bought them or something or acquired them. I'm probably getting some of this information wrong, but as far as I know, it's now published by Deep Silver for the console versions. But Brad, let me tell you about my story with playing with my first experience with APB. Are you ready for this? I, I bet it's going to be a great one. So yes, <laughs> please tell me. 
So I fire up APB, and I had heard of this game, but I had never, ever tried it before because, I mean, like I said, it came out in 2010. It's been out for a long time, on PC at least. So I fire up APB, and one of the first things it does is it you get to pick if you want to be like a member of the police team or a member of the gang team. And honestly, I couldn't. I was like, well, shit, which one do I choose? Like, I'm not really sure. But I ended up going with the gang team because I thought there'd be more like you could be be more creative with them maybe. So most of the time in video games, if I'm given the choice of making a man or a woman character, I make a woman. I just generally like playing as women. There aren't enough women in video games. But for some reason, because probably because I knew I wasn't going to play this game very much, I decided to go with the dude. So I spend like a half an hour in the character creation screen, as I do with any game that has a character creation screen. Sure, I, sure. Of course. Yeah. So I like meticulously make this like pretty slender, but like muscular dude with a nice like sort of like orangey tan skin tone. And I like, you know, go through all of his facial features because it has like this game has a pretty excellent character creation system. Like I I can't really knock it for that. It reminded me a lot of Saints Row and I love the Saints Row character creators. And the the cool thing is that you can put makeup on dudes in this game. So I was like, well, cool. I'll throw some like eyeshadow on him. So like he's this kind of like burly gang member looking dude. And I throw this cool like eyeshadow over his eyes and this like eyeliner. So he looks sort of like, you know, sort of like a like a gang member from like a movie or something. And he's all like chiseled and cool looking. Well, I, I finished the character creation and it's one of those games where once you finish the character creator, like that's it. You cannot alter the features of the character again. So I export the character and whenever you finish building it, it opens into the game world, which is kind of like a, it looks kind of like a bank lobby or something like that. And it does some tutorial exercises. So the game loads. My fucking character looks nothing like the one I created. Like, <laughs> he, he, like, has... He still has the eye makeup on, which is cool. He has about the same skin tone, which is cool. The same hair, I guess, because I had, like, a mohawk or, like, a shaved head or something like that. But he's, like, fat. Like, I had this nice, like, slender-toned guy, and then he spawns in the world, and he's, like, a fat guy. And I was like, what the fuck happened here? Like, I, I, like, wanted this guy to be, like, a sexy, like, male model-looking dude with, like, cool eye makeup. And then he spawns, and he's, like, this chubby dude with, with makeup who looks like, I don't know, like, not at all what I wanted him to look like. And and then you can't go back and change it. And then on top of that, the game <laughs> crashes after, crashes completely after I'm in the little bank lobby for, like, I was in the bank lobby for maybe like 30 seconds to a minute. The whole thing crashes. So I have to, you know, close the application, send the report to Sony, and then go back into the game because I gave it another shot and I opened it up. And basically you just go through a bunch of tutorials in the bank and it teaches you how to like how to use every button on the controller and how to aim and how to shoot and how to modify weapons and it took me fucking forever to figure out how to modify weapons because i the game did not explain it very well to me and the whole time the game is running like absolute ass like anytime i pan the camera any way to aim somewhere it like is really really slow it's really choppy driving a car you can drive cars in it driving cars is like nearly impossible because the camera does not keep up with the actions that you're doing because it's so choppy and so slow so i spent as much time in the character creator as i did actually playing the game itself just to make a character that did not look like what i wanted him to look like in any way shape or form that (laughs) sounds suspiciously like what my experience was (laughs) 
Um, you know, APB actually has something in common with Drawn to Death in that I have no fucking idea why anybody thought this was worth bringing to the PS4. <laughs> why bother? Why bother? This game is hot garbage. Um, you know, I went through the character creator. I mean, I, I do want to give it props because I did think the character creator was okay. Um, it did remind me of Saints Row. It's not as good as Saints Row. I think so far Saints Row has the best one that I've ever uh, done. Not that it has the, the finest details or that it has the most, but uh, I really appreciate you can really make almost any character that you want to. So like, you know, you're really free to make characters like heavier or lighter or taller or skin. Anyway, I think Saints Row does a great job. And this had some echoes of that. So it kind of started off on my good side. But just like you said, I made a lady. And once the lady spawned in the game, it was like, she looked pretty good in the character creator. And then you see her on screen and it's like, she lost like 85,000 polygons when she got ported into the game. It was like, what? It's like this really crude, weird version of the character that I made. And you're totally right about the performance. The performance is god awful. It's just like choppy and the camera can't keep up and it's janky to control. And it's just, oh God, it looks awful. Like the world is very, very basic. It looks like a really low end 360 like xbox 360 game like like before before the xbox 360 really took off like you know when the the first batch of games where everything was just kind of like rough and people didn't know how to make the worlds right and they were still coming to grips with the technology it looks like that it looks like from like so long ago and i'm like what <laughs> why i mean it this game runs on ps4 i guess technically doesn't take advantage of the hardware doesn't look good doesn't look comparable to anything that's on ps4 it looks awful runs awful and it is basically like um an open world you know grand theft auto or, or saints row your some missions will pop up and then you'll have to like go and do a mission um i tried to do some missions but like whenever a mission would spawn i would try to get to where that mission was and they would usually expire before i got there so it was like i would run and i'd try to jack a car or something and like i just couldn't get my way around the map very well and by the time i would get to where i was going like the mission was over sometimes people would say, oh, I need help. And I try to get to where they were. And then like their help meter would like disappear and I couldn't find them. And I'm just like running. I mean, it was shit. It was shit. It was awful. Like I just was sitting here thinking why I just don't understand. I don't understand. Somebody must have spent some money of, of some kind. I mean, obviously not a lot to get this game to run on PS4. They must've paid some licensing fees. They must've paid some people to port it. And it is like the, the most broken ass, like just terrible, low rent i mean oh, I, I, sh I i hesitate to even call it a port <laughs> i hesitate to even call it a port i will just say that it it is able to be started and rudimentary rudimentarily played on ps4 it's so bad i deleted it like fucking immediately and i was like i just couldn't believe it it's like it, almost the worst thing almost almost the worst thing i've ever played on ps4 and it's ironic because the worst thing i've ever played on ps4 is coming up later on the show but <laughs> right oh, now no. <laughs> oh yes oh yes the worst thing i've ever played on ps4 coming up uh but yeah this is bad i don't i don't get it don't understand it don't know why anybody would fucking bother it's terrible hot mess so yeah not a fan uh i guess we can both stick a fork in that one because we are not we're done with it and it is bad it is bad news i i cannot believe this game is seven years old and it has been ported to both current-gen consoles, and it is this bad. Oh, God. And you know, I, it's so weird because I, I seem to recall this hitting PS3 or 360. And I did some research before the show. I mean, I didn't, like, you know, take an hour and do a thorough web crawl or anything. But, like, 
I couldn't find any listing, but I, I swear this thing was been on consoles before. Um, it really, really seems like a really janky ass busted Xbox 360 game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I just I just couldn't find the information before the show, but I think it's probably been ported a couple times. But whatever, it doesn't matter. No one in their right mind is ever going to play this. I mean, it's, even for free, it's not even worth having. It's not worth devoting the space in your hard drive. It's just it's a waste, complete waste. And who at Sony approve this? It makes the PS4 look like like dog food. Like I don't know why they approve this. It should have been like, nope, sorry, this is you know we're exercising our right to curation and kicking your ass to the curb because this is crap. So <laughs> yeah, it's done. Uh, anyway, what do you, which one do you want to talk about next, sir? Uh, let's talk about a game that I actually do like that surprised me. Um, do you want to take the reins on this one? Are we talking about Tuki Den 2? We are talking about oh, that. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Because if we weren't, I was going to be really shocked. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will take the reins. Tuki Den 2, T-O-U-K-I-D-E-N 2, as anyone would expect, is the demo to the original Tuki Den uh, I think it was called Tukiden Kiwami, I believe. Um, not the best title. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. Doesn't really have a lot of uh, snappy catch to it. So not the best title. Basically, it's kind of like a Monster Hunter clone, but it has a lot more straight-up Japanese influence. Uh, it's Your characters are all kind of like samurai-ish people in a Japanese-style village. All the monsters in this game are very much inspired by Japanese mythology, like Oni demons and stuff like that. And in the Tukiden 2, it's called the carryover demo because you can start a game. They let you play for a really big chunk. And then once you're done with that demo, you can save that data and then carry it over to the full version. So all the time that you spent in the demo is not wasted. I love it when games do this. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant marketing maneuver. It really helps to sell a game. I mean, if the game is good, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't swing me either way if the game is bad, but if a game is good, it definitely gives me incentive to think, oh, you know, I can I can keep doing what I'm doing. I can save these characters. I can keep going. So that's great. I love when, I love when games do that. Um, you can make several different classes. Uh, this is third person, uh, real-time action, very much like Monster Hunter. Uh, there, there's like a gunner. There's a, a regular sword, sword and shield. There's a chain whip, there's, um, I think, a sickle, daggers. There's a pretty good selection of weapons. I'm not sure if there's any that'll be unlocked later on in the game or not, but from what you had at the beginning, it was a pretty good variety. You can make your character not the greatest character creator. As far as I can recall, you only make the face. Is that right? Do you remember that, Corey? Um, well, you can do all the facial features, but you can also do, like, the height and... Um... Uh, yeah, I guess it's just the yeah. facial features and hair, but I think you can do the height, but not, like, anything really from the neck down, like, no, like, tattoos or anything. Yeah, I hate when that happens. I mean, it's not a, it's not a terrible, um, thing. I mean, you know, it's, it, we don't need to have, like, full character options in every game. I mean, I realize that takes a lot of resources and such, but I just, you know, if there's a character creator, I want to make my own character, like, top to bottom. So it's a little bit disappointing when you can only do, like, the face, but whatever. Um, you make a character, male or female, and then you do their facial features and hair, etc., etc. Pick your weapon, launch into the game. And I think it's pretty good. Uh, the demo was a little bit odd for me because I did play the first Tukiden, and I thought it was very good. But unfortunately, the first one did not have very many monsters. And so um, I don't think we've really talked about it on the show, but I, I, I'm a really big Monster Hunter fan. Like, I've been playing Monster Hunter, like, a lot, like, over the years. I mean, I've spent, you know, more than a thousand hours on the series overall. Uh, which for me is a very significant amount of time. 
So I'm definitely into the hunting genre when it's done well, but not very many games can do it well. And the first Tukiden was 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 one of the very first games I found that really I felt like it could stand on its own feet. Like I really felt like they understood what the genre was trying to do. They had an original spin to it. And then uh, it just was fresh enough and controlled well enough and it had enough good ideas to make it worthwhile. Because, I mean, Monster Hunter is pretty much the complete package. Not really anything can stand up to it at this point. So games have to kind of go their own direction. Like you cannot go toe-to-toe with Monster Hunter. So they did. And that was great. Unfortunately, they did not have enough monsters. And so you ended up like fighting the same ones over and over and over. And the combat wasn't the deepest. And so it kind of got old. So I did not finish Tuki Dead 1, but I thought there was the seed of something really good there. Um, and Tukiden 2 really expands on that. Same great combat. They've done some improvements to the combat. They've added uh, a new feature called the Demon Hand. One of the problems in the first Tukiden was if you picked a melee character, like a sword user, some of the monsters were really big, and it was really, really difficult to get up and hit them like on their neck or their face or their shoulders. You'd have to like knock them down first and then rush in to get them when they fell down. I mean, it worked, but it took a long time, kind of tedious, and there was a better answer which they found by including this thing called the Demon Claw. Basically, it's a grappling hook. And so if you're a sword user or a melee person, you can use that to like latch on to something that's up above, like on their face, their their shoulder, their arm. It'll pull you up. And then once you're up there, you can do like a little air combo. So you can work on whatever piece of the monster you want to. That was a really good addition. Um, Also, the other really big addition to this game is that it finally has open world. And almost no monster hunting game has open world, which is weird. Because it seems like that would be kind of a natural thing. But no, I, I can't think of a single hunting genre game where it had legit open world like this one does. So there's this like forest area you can go into and you can just wander and you'll see some of the peon monsters like here and there. You can take them out. You see some larger ones. You can go after them. You can walk around and you can find like a little house to talk to somebody there. And then it's just nice to be able to be in like a little bit of a world where you can still retain all the same mechanics and the same monsters. But just to have a little bit more freedom makes it feel more natural. and Like you're actually kind of out there doing things, a little bit more variety to the gameplay, which I thought was really great. So overall, I really liked it. I mean, technically, it did not look as amazing as I wanted it to look. And in fact, I mean... Maybe this is just my imagination, but I kind of feel like it looks a little bit worse than the first Tukiden. I'm probably wrong on that. Like, it's probably just my imagination. But when I was playing it, I'm like, man, this it's okay. Like, it gets the job done, but it's not a graphical powerhouse. And it doesn't... Uh, it's nothing that you're going to call your friends over and go, oh my god, check this out. It looks amazing. Like, it, it looks okay. Which is fine. I mean, I'm not a graphics whore or anything, but I, I kind of wish it looked a little bit better. But that's really my only knock against it. I mean, I really liked it a lot. And I, um, I'm thinking of playing the full game a little bit later this year when my schedule allows. Corey, um, you're not really a hunting genre kind of guy, but you like this one? Do tell. Yeah, I had no clue what this game was whenever you had mentioned the demo for it, because um, I'd never heard of the first game, uh, and I was, and I looked at it, the little tile for it on the PlayStation Network, and as soon as I saw the tile, I was like, oh god, this is going to be some fucking like Japanese-ass, Japanese RPG where... Every cutscene is some little dude fighting a monster that's like a hundred stories high, and then you play the game, and it's nothing like that at all, because that's how a lot of those games are to me. But whenever I started it, I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be a turn-based RPG because I had like literally had never heard of this game before. So whenever I started it, and it kind of opens in a tutorial where it's all like real-time, um, like hack and slash combat. The first thing I thought of was Ninja Gaiden. I mean, it's not as sophisticated, nearly as sophisticated as that. But um, but I was like, wow, this is fun. You actually 
can do like combos. It's not hard at all, which I was really into. Like it's not the kind of game where you get hit twice and you're almost dead. Like it's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I was like really pleasantly surprised. Um, like the character creator is, is all right. The funny thing though, for me is whenever I started my character, it spawned the default character model. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. It spawns, uh, the, the female character as a default. And then I go into the menu and I click onto the female character and it, and then it really spawned the female character. And I was like, Oh, so the male character is extremely androgynous because he looks very, um, like feminine, which is fine. Cause I don't have any problems with that, but I just thought that was kind of funny, but I ended up making a dude character and, um, and starting with the double knives, uh, with the weapon, but the cool thing too is like even though like you mentioned it kind of has the classes where it has like several different weapons it has like 12 different starting weapons you can pick from um the cool thing is once you get rolling in the game and kind of spend like an hour getting through the tutorial stuff you can actually um you have all those weapons in your inventory so you can switch like i guess between like missions or something and you can do like little uh like tutorial combo training on each of the weapons so you don't like pick the double knives and then you're stuck with them for the rest of the game. Like you can uh, pick and choose between them as you play it. But uh, you know, I think this game is actually pretty interesting. Like I've never played a monster hunter game before. I mean, it, games that usually appear this, this sort of Japanese for lack of a better word, I am usually not really into cause I'm expecting them to be, you know, 6,000 hours long and to, you know, uh, be a really long story that I'm just not really going to be interested in or stuff like that. But when I started it, uh, you know, I actually think it's pretty good, and I like that the village that you're in in the game, it's, like, very, um, sort of, like, uh, it's, like, a matriarchy, kind of, like, you, like, the, the biggest, like, demon hunter that's in the village is this, like, badass chick, and then, like, the professor that you're working for is, like, this really smart woman who's, like, building the demon hand and is, like, doing all this alchemy and stuff, and then the woman who's protecting the the whole village is like this sort of like goddess woman who can like cast spells and she like has a barrier around the whole thing so it's cool that the game is like predominantly led by like a cast of like pretty cool women um you know i'm, I'm pretty into that and and uh, I, I don't know i just think it's uh i think it's uh, like pleasantly surprising for something that i i had really no expectations and thought that i was not going to enjoy um I'm pleasantly surprised by it. I'm also pleasantly surprised by how long the demo is. I've been playing this demo for like three hours or something. And I mean, it could end abruptly. I have no idea when it's going to end, but it doesn't show any signs of slowing down at the moment. The only thing I have a big complaint about is that in true sort of like JRPG-ish form, this game has so much goddamn dialogue in it. Like whenever you get past the first 15 minutes, it's just like clicking through like menu after menu after menu after menu of dialogue with all these different people like you wake up and it's like oh meet this person oh go meet these three people and in the village oh go meet these other four people and have you know 10 minute long conversations with them and all i wanted to do was play the fucking game and i was like literally like dozing off on my couch while i was clicking through the dialogue because i wanted to play the game but i was getting so bored like clicking through all of the dialogue and it's all dialogue that you read um and I was uh, a little put off by that because I'm not really into that, like, you know, reading pages and pages of dialogue for every sequence. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm pretty into this game. I don't know if I would ever play the full release. It seems like one of those games that I would get on Gamefly, like, 
in the middle of the summer when I have absolutely nothing else to play, which does not sound like a very positive thing to say about it, but I would be interested in playing more of this, but I, but only if I have like nothing else to play, which sounds terrible, but I swear that's kind of a backhanded compliment. No, I'm kind of, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, this isn't, isn't the kind of thing where you're like, oh my God, I got to play this now, but it probably would, you know, deliver a pretty solid experience from start to finish. I mean, nothing mind blowing, nothing that you would, you know, write home and tell your mom about, but you know, you probably would enjoy it and it would be good. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I said, I'm not going to play it now, um, especially with so many games out. I mean, this has been kind of a bonkers year for games anyway. There's so much stuff that nobody can just get. There's just not enough time in the day, like literally not enough time. So unfortunately, Den 2 is not going to be um, taking front and center attention from me anytime soon. But I am going to put it on my list. And like you said, I'll probably play it in the summertime when things die down. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Uh, hopefully they will solve the repetition problem, which kind of killed the first one for me. And that may sound weird to say, because I know anybody who's played Monster Hunter will be like, well, Brad, Monster Hunter is <laughs> super repetitive. Why are you saying this one's repetitive and Monster Hunter is Well, okay, so the difference is that Monster Hunter's combat is, like, superb. Um, it seems really shallow to people who don't understand how it works, but, like, between the various different weapons, the different weapon styles, uh, the ways uh, that you can uh, customize those, the armor that you have, and the effects that you can craft... And just the way that the, the, the combat is, just how it feels. I mean, that to me is a pretty gripping experience. I love that that combat. It's, it's pretty much second to none. Uh, so whenever a game has maybe not as much good combat, it really has to bring other things. Like it's got to be have a lot of variety or have a lot of cool armor sets or have like a cool story or something. Tukiden, the first one, came real close, but like it just didn't have enough monsters and it just got repetitive. So hopefully... Tukiden 2 will avoid that trap. I think they've like at least doubled or tripled the amount of monsters from what I hear, which sounds like a definite step in the right direction. And it's looking like a it's looking like a good release. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to check it out. I do agree that there is a little bit too much dialogue. Uh, it's not the most interesting story, and talking that much in a game that's really about the action is kind of a mistake. So, yeah, hopefully that's not going to kill it too much. I'm sure it opens up once you get further in. I mean. I'm assuming it's going to be just like Monster Hunter where you just take some missions that you want to take and just kind of go out there and do your thing. So I don't expect it, that would carry through the entire game. But uh, yeah, I feel you on that. But overall, I liked it a lot. And I'm glad that you liked it too. Um, interesting, just a little side note. I have heard uh, Darren Foreman, who uh, reviewed this game for us at Game Creeks, I believe the review is already up. Um, he said that this was kind of primarily a single-player game, even though the hunting genre is uh, largely focused on multiplayer experiences. I mean, Monster Hunter for sure, and other games in the genre as well. But he said that uh, there was some kind of weird limitations on the multiplayer to where you couldn't just jump in with each other. It was like you jump in, but then it would kind of wall certain missions off depending on what people had already cleared. And so like it wasn't necessarily like a just to pick up and play with your buddies. Uh, if I remember his, his review correctly, he said it was mostly just for the single player. So... Uh, if you want to jump into something that is in the hunting genre, but you don't want to group up with people and you don't want to take time to find a group or anything like that, and you want to just play, this seems like it might be the ticket. So I'll definitely play it later in the year. It seems like you might give it a whirl later on. Yeah, uh, if I end up with a time when I have like not a whole lot on my plate and some Gamefly games to get in the mail, I will definitely put this on my queue at some point. Right on. So that sounds like two of us recommending it to people out there. Give Tukiden 2 a whirl. And in fact, 
download the demo. It's free on PSN. You got absolutely nothing to lose. And I actually haven't hit the end of the demo yet. So it's a pretty big demo. You can really, really get your feet wet there. Indeed, it is a long ass demo. And I'm pleasantly surprised with how long it is so far, which is also coincidentally what she said. Whoa. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't say no, that. She, I heard her. She said it. <laughs> all right we got one more that's on the docket sir uh what what is the last game oh, which for people listening to the show and paying attention so far is probably the worst fucking game i've ever played on ps4 please Corey motley tell us all about it all right this is and i i really get to take this one because i'm the one that told you about this game whenever i saw you recommended PSN. this piece of shit to me you made me download this no, i, wanna I blame you entirely i did not recommend this game i just said hey there's a free you forced version me of to this. download it you came over and you queued it up on my ps4 and you made me download it you bastard <laughs> uh well uh obviously it's going to be in my top three of the year uh, which is why you had to download it this undoubtedly yes yes absolutely <laughs> don't keep us in suspense what is this piece of shit we're about to talk about okay 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 this game is called honor and duty and from the tile on the playstation uh, network it is a very very blatant ripoff of call of duty honor and duty call of duty it is a military style first person shooter that is basically just like uh arena wave shooter pretty much or at least that's what the arcade mode demo is for and it is oh man how do i even explain this game it is (laughs) it is a first person ass first person wave shooter and it looks like oh man it looks like well okay okay when i first when when i stopped playing this game i played it for about an hour which is like pretty amazing in and of itself i can't believe you fucking played it for that long dude (laughs) It looks, when I put the controller down, I thought to myself, this looks like, like, uh, maybe like a freshman high school class project. Like maybe a bunch of like high schoolers were taking a class on like game development. And this is like the first project that they could muster up after like a semester or a year in class. And they made a technically a, a working game and maybe just among themselves they thought it would be funny to try to license this and put it on the playstation network and see if they could get any money for it because that is how it feels but brad i have a little slice of trivia for you oh god yes please go ahead trivia Uh would you like (laughs) would you like to guess this the development studio is called strange games studios would you like to take a guess at how many games this studio has made before Honor and Duty? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm guessing they probably have, like, shit out, like, 37 games on the App Store. As it kind of seems like what this game was about the level of. I'm guessing, like, 30 shitty iOS games. Would you like to take another guess? 50 shitty iOS games? No. Uh, higher or lower uh lower and it has nothing to do with ios Uh, so what is this their first game they have made this is their 15th game oh my god and (laughs) they and all but two of them honor and duty included were on the xbox 360 oh my god what else have they made did you do you have a little list uh well they made zombie strippers 
I I didn't even know that was a thing. I've never put those two words together in my head before. <laughs> they have made their first game was called Zombie Turkey Outbreak. Actually, this might be a lie because this is an alphabetical list. I don't know what order these came in. Um, I was just reading the bottom of the top, thinking that it was what they made last, but actually, it's not true. I'll just I'll just name check a few of the games. Just, just yeah, just read them off. Just read them off. They've made Air Combat, Desert Aces, uh, Avatar, Air Wars. They have like. Five of the Avatar games, so they must be like a bunch of sequels. Paintball War, RC Airplane, the co-op zombie game, which was good enough for a sequel, the co-op zombie game 2, uh, creatively titled, Zombie Defense Squad, Zombie Strippers, Zombie Turkey Outbreak. And then on the PlayStation 4, they have Tina's Toy Factory, and now they have Honor and Duty Arcade Edition. I have never heard of any of those fucking games. And if anybody's going to hear about these games, it would be me because that's what I do all fucking day long is games. I have not heard a single one of these games. And these, I mean, I'm sure they are all of equal skill and equal quality because I'm sure they're all fucking hot garbage, which is probably why I haven't heard of them. But okay, we're getting a little off the off track. I, I will look these, I will at least look up zombie strippers later. I'll look that one up <laughs> uh, because I'm sure that's a fucking horror show. But, but please, Tell us, Corey Motley, what 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 possessed you to play Honor and Duty for a full hour? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know it. Well, because we haven't full on said what it looks like yet. This game is a first person wave shooter, like military style, but it looks like like a Nintendo sixty four game, PlayStation one era. Like physically, it looks and kind of feels and controls that way. Like, it's, it's very bare minimum. Um, the controls are not very tight at all. Um, the visuals are not tight, which is fine. We both, you know, neither of us are graphics whores. But the game very, very obviously looks super dated. Like, super dated. And the gameplay is not is not quite there. But, you know, I don't even know why I played this game for an hour. I played, like, one map and did a few waves and then I played a different map and did a few waves. And part of me playing it was just to show Patrick how ridiculous it looked so he could see for himself this amazing game that I was playing. But Oh, uh, my God, dude. I just I can't. I, <laughs> it doesn't even process in my brain that you played it for that long because I put I turned this game on and just from the loading screen, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> what is this? And we I start playing it and like it looks awful. It is so bad. The environment is made up of like four brown polygons and your guy, I mean, like, here's the thing is like you start the thing and uh, there's like four classes to pick from. Each class is made of like three triangles. And then, you know, you can't pick the first, you can't pick the other three. You can only pick like the first guy who's like the assault guy or whatever. You have have to like earn in-game money or something to unlock the other ones, which right away I was like, fuck you. Like, what if I don't want to, you know, give me some options or something. That's like, this is the modern time, you know? So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll pick your shitty assault guy, your assault triangle. And I take him out to the fucking uh, arena, tiny ass arena. And you go to this ammo crate and it's like, buy ammo. I'm like, what do you mean buy ammo? We're in the, we're in like a war zone. I'm in like a, a foxhole or something. So you go to this fucking wooden crate and it's like, yeah, what ammo do you want to buy? I'm like, who's selling it to me? There's nobody here. It's like a box. Like what, <laughs> what is, what do I have the money? What money am I getting? What's going on? And I, I'm like, whatever. So I buy a bunch of fucking bullets and then I'm broke after that. So I'm like, well, Jesus, I hope I don't need money later on because I got no money. Buy a bunch of bullets. And then I'm like, what? Okay, so what do I do? And then it's like, defend, defend the area. And I'm standing there like and I'm waiting for enemies to show up and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then suddenly this dude spawns in out of nowhere, like literally right beside me. 
I like, I'm like, oh, there's a, like, he didn't even show up. He just, he just popped in. Shoot this. I tried to shoot him. I kept missing because the controls are so fucking loose. I couldn't shoot straight. <laughs> I fucking shoot that guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I got to go out this direction. Maybe there's guys out here. Literally nobody out there. And then another one pops in right next to me, like right next to me. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. And the guy gets a shot off at me. You know, I, I waste like three or four bullets trying to shoot him because I can't shoot straight. I get that guy down and I'm like, well, I'm going to go explore a little bit. I take three steps forward and I hit an invisible wall. I literally cannot walk further because the game doesn't want me to leave the area, but there's no warning. There's no indication that you can't go that way. I mean, in any other fucking game, there would be like uh, a, a box or a line of barbed wire or a trench or something that would let you know you cannot cross this line. That would make sense in this game. Nah, brah. No need. We're just going to put a fucking invisible wall here and you will know you can't cross because you will simply stop moving forward. I was like, this is the oh, this is the most busted ass, cheap fucking. Oh, God, it's like somebody like you said, like some kids made this in their high school, you know, their high school, like my first programming class. And they like stuck it up on PSN. And I'm like, this is this is fucking ridiculous. I shut this shit off so fast, dude. I wasn't going to waste. I, I can't believe you played for an hour. I think I played it for like like nine minutes, like maybe nine minutes. And out of that nine minutes, I think probably I could have shut it off at like three minutes and I would have had the full experience. It was awful. Most awful game I've ever played on the PS4. Do not recommend it for any reason. I mean, if you want to laugh, have a couple beers and like invite some friends over and laugh at like how terrible it is. You might laugh for like a minute and then you're just like, this is just terrible. Just, just get rid of it. It's awful. Yeah. Waste, waste of time. It does. You're right about the invisible wall thing. It is these arenas are invisible walled as fuck. And what really irritated me is that enemies will spawn in beyond the invisible wall and shoot at you from beyond the invisible wall. And you cannot go up to them and shoot them. They will be in like no man's land up a hill, but you, you have to wait. You either have to shoot far, which is hard to do because the aiming controls are terrible, or you have to just wait for them to come down beyond the invisible wall onto your side to get up close to shoot them. So that's something that annoyed me. Also worth noting is that the game does not have, the guns do not have reloading animations, which I thought was pretty interesting. Like every time it reloads, it's kind of like Goldeneye. Like the gun just kind of slides off the screen a little bit and the reload sound plays and then the gun pops back up. I would have liked for reload animations to have been a thing in this game. I would have liked animation to be a thing in this game. <laughs> this game is fucking terrible, dude. Like I just, <laughs> I, I you know, again, that seems to be a theme on this week's show. I think, Three out of the four games we've discussed so far, I have no fucking idea why anybody fucking bothered to put this on. Especially, see, the thing that really breaks my brain about Honor and Duty, or about any of these games, honestly, is, like, they're charging seven bucks for this game, right? So, like, you might get some sucker to be like, well, I want to play another Call of Duty-like game. This looks like a Call of Duty game. Maybe this will be fun, and it's only seven bucks. Maybe I'll, I'll spend my seven bucks on this. Maybe you would get those people, but if you're giving a fucking free demo, you're damn sure not going to get no fucking sales because people are going to try this. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this is not even a game. There's no way. I mean, what kind of person would buy this? I don't know. Like 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 a guinea pig, if you were going to try to train your animal to, like, play games or something, maybe you would, like, strap, a, like, a small rodent to a controller and hope they would play their way through this. Because, like, no human's going to play this. It's, it's, it's beyond the pale. Like, it's so awful. And I just it blows me away that they think they're going to get sales after putting out a free demo there's no way no fucking way so i don't know why they even bother dude this is garbage <laughs> well uh 
Strange Game Studios, I am sorry that Brad has been so rude this week. I enjoyed. They your should game. fucking apologize to me, dude. I, I they enjoyed owe me a your fucking demo, apology. And I they wasted it for my an fucking hour. nine minutes, man. No, no, no. They need an apology to me. Email me, you fuckers. I want. I want you guys to apologize for wasting my nine fucking minutes. That's what I want. Oh my god, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> However, anyway. you better boot up your 360 and go look up zombie strippers after the podcast and see what that's all about. No, oh, I'm all I'm all over that, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna pony up for that right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, is that it? Is that all the games we have to discuss this week? Yeah, I think let's call it there. We got plenty more to discuss. We've got a couple of rich shows coming up, but I think this is a good note to end it on. The worst possible note to end it on. So let's let's call it a show and we will prep for next week. Indeed. I also, I forgot to mention this to you, Brad, but uh, right now on the way from Game Flight to my apartment are Horizon Zero Dawn and Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a little side note, little side note. I don't know if you're going to like Horizon. I mean, I suspect you may like the first five or six hours. I thought the first five or six hours were great. Uh, but like I said earlier, it tanks after that. I'll be very curious to see what you think of that. Uh, I really want the full Corey Motley breakdown, but Side note, um, you know, I was not a fan of Mass Effect Andromeda. I quit it after like 20 hours or so. Never came back. Did not going to finish it. Not going to bother. Uh, thankfully, good old Mike Susky, uh, personal hero Mike Susky, took that review off my hands because I just could not stomach the idea of like finishing that game and I just didn't want to play it anymore. So he took on that game for me and I owe him big time. Like I owe him huge for taking this for me. And he actually just finished it last night. And man. I just, <laughs> I am I am looking forward to his write up because he hates that game every bit as much as I do. Uh so I feel really bad that he he took the bullet for me on that one and I guarantee that when that review hits game critics it is not going to be pretty. Well, at least it's uh it will be unlike Horizon where you published your Horizon review and everybody said, "Oh, you're wrong, blah blah blah." At least like word on the street is that Mass Effect Andromeda is disappointing, so people won't, like, freak out on Mike for saying it's bad. Yeah, I think he's got that in his favor. I mean, I think that we're starting to see some of that rebound where people are like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh, it gets good after 20 hours. Oh, I kind of like it. Oh, it's really, you know, we're seeing some of that people come around on that and whatever. I mean, that, that you know, that wave happens. I think it's crap. I think it's garbage. Uh, but, you know, a certain core of people were going to like that game no matter what. And that's fine. People can like it. Like uh, like I said before, that line that I stole from Gary Butterfield, you know, if you like it, I wouldn't take that from you, even if I could. Enjoy it if you enjoy it. But for me, I could not have been more disappointed in that game. And, 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 and you know, I heard somebody start to say, oh, well, you know, this is this is just like Dragon Age Inquisition in space, which is exactly what I didn't want out of it. And I thought <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition was fucking garbage as well. So that probably explains why I don't like it. Uh, anyway. Just we got off on a tangent there. Sorry about that, but uh, yeah, I want to hear all the Corey Motley isms when you play those two games. I'm very curious, dude. I will let you know um, for sure. I, it seems like I don't know if this is like a New Orleans thing or if it's just like a getting acclimated to the mail system here. But GameFly games are taking fucking six thousand years to get to me here, and it's probably because I don't live as close to a distribution center anymore. But I put a game in the mail. I put both my games in the mail, and it took like several days like maybe like a week to even get the email from gamefly that said that they received my games which usually it's like two days and they're like oh we got your games you know and then you just wait for them to send you something so i'm gonna be pretty disappointed if living in new orleans is gonna be like super backed up for my gamefly situation 
Oh, maybe you'll have to stagger them, right? Like you get one and then hold off on one. So like if you have one and then mail one away so that you've always got one coming, you know, like maybe that'll kind of help you cut down on the wait time. That's true. I should try that. And I'm actually, I, I meant to take Mass Effect off my queue because I wanted to wait until I got like, because they just released the first patch like last week, which is supposed to fix a bunch of stuff. And I had actually planned on waiting like six, you know, or eight or 10 months to play it whenever they release like a bunch of patches. So I, I might not even play it when I get it. I might just send it back immediately and just wait a while. But uh, I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'll just have to see how desperate I am for gaming experiences by the time it gets here. Well, if you think there's a chance that you might actually like it, I would suggest that you hold off. I mean, the the animation stuff didn't bother me. That wasn't really what that soured me on that game. It was more about the writing and the quests. And I don't think any of that stuff's going to get fixed with a patch. But I mean, <laughs> apparently some stuff is getting patched. Um, and, you know, I mean, in the modern times, I mean, the best time to ever play a game these days is six months after release because we're just seeing so many studios get in that habit of release now, fix later. You might as well wait. I mean, the experience is always better later. So, you know, if you think you're going to be on board, I'd say wait. Don't even don't even get into it until, I don't know what, like at least midsummer or something like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, and for whatever it's worth, I want to enjoy this game like i'm not gonna turn it on and be like oh i can't wait to like talk shit about this game i mean it's mass effect like i want to like it so i might just send it back whenever i get it get something else and then just put it back on my queue later on in the year and figure that out from there yeah i would if i were you man i would for sure so i don't know keep us posted at least play horizon i mean that's that's in as good a shape as it's going to get as far as i know so that one you can play with no fear and let us know how that goes I will keep you posted for sure on all of my video gaming endeavors. Right on. Well, I think I'm good for the night. You good? Uh, I think so. The show is a, a teensy bit uh, overscheduled, but um, not, not an hour and a half or two hours or anything. But I think it's time for us to sign off. Are you ready, Brad? I'm ready, sir. I mean, I guess after we say the, you know, comments concerns. So uh, before we officially sign off... Uh, I want to remind everybody that, like we say every week, you can send us any comments, thoughts, feedback, show ideas, uh, anything else. If you work at one of the game studios and we talk shit on your game tonight, feel free to send us an email. Um, <laughs> uh, if, God. Or you can just oh, find God. us on Twitter, like the the Fragments of Hem developers, and, and catch us there. Um, our <laughs> Gmail address for the show is sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as a collective show. Uh, the Twitter handle is at SoVideoGames. And we also have our own individual Twitter handles. Uh, mine is my first and last name, Corey Motley, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. Brad, what is yours? I still don't know how you came up with that. It, it kind of blows me away oh that you, you picked that as your Twitter handle. But for me, uh, mine is actually my name, Brad Galloway, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. You know, I have to say, I feel like you and I are in the incredibly lucky, like, minority of people who get to consistently have their first and last name for, like, for, like, online stuff and avatars. Because I would be really mad if I had a name like, you know, like, Mike Smith or, you know, like, Matt Jones or something where, like, a million people have my same name. Because I've never, ever, ever met somebody else named Corey Motley. I've only met one other person in my life that I'm not related to who even has my same last name. And I'm assuming it's pretty similar for you. So go us for being able to have our first and last names for our handles. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually did a, a Google search a while ago because I was curious about how many other people had my exact name. And, you know, for those who don't know, like Galloway is usually spelled with an O in the middle. 
And so having the A was pretty unusual. But there are other people, there are other Brad Galloways out there. And there's this one guy that keeps popping up. He's like some stocky dude in the South. Looks nothing like me at all. And I bet we live very different lives. But I would be very curious to talk to this other Brad Galloway to see how he has... Uh, how he has enjoyed his name. I mean, we don't, uh, I mean, I beat him to all the social networks. I got on my name on all, you know, he's second fiddle whenever it comes to Twitter or anything else. But uh, other than, I mean, maybe he's mad at me. Maybe I shouldn't talk to him, but I would like to talk to him someday and see how, uh, see how this other Brad has lived. But yeah, I think we're pretty lucky that way. So I agree with you there. Indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, I guess that's it then, Brad. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Uh, I think, uh, I will make an effort next show to pick some games that I really like. I think I'm going to have some really good positive stuff to talk about. Like I said, I don't want to be branded as the negative podcast or as a couple of guys who hate games. We love games. We love games so much. We spend so much time talking about them, writing about them, thinking about them, loving on them. We love games. We just hit a really bad streak. So, um, if you're the kind of listener that doesn't like shit talk about games, I apologize, but we got to tell it like it is. And we will, uh, we will pull out of this nosedive. We will get out of the trench. Things will get better soon. I'm already looking at what I can talk about next time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slot some good stuff next time. So we'll talk some sugar. Well, and as a matter of fact, Brad, you and I love games so much. We love games so much that it just takes... We have very particular tastes, and it takes a lot out of a certain game to impress both of us. Um, as much as I would like to be one of those people who can put in any game and just enjoy it and have fun with it and not think critically about it. I just cannot be that kind of person. And I know you're the same way. We both are very, think very critically about the games we play. We have very particular tastes and, um, I am always happy when people enjoy games, but, uh, I also think it makes for a more interesting discussion. Like when I'm listening to podcasts or I'm listening to people talk about games, I always, and like, I don't, you know, listen to podcasts just to listen to people like shit talk on games and be like assholes. But I always find a discussion about like a critical discussion about aspects of games that are not as good or that could use improvement, uh, a much more interesting to listen to than just hearing a couple of people be like, oh, I love this game. Oh, I love that game. Oh, I love this game too. Oh, that game's amazing. This game's amazing. It's just not as interesting to listen to, and it doesn't make me think as much about the games I'm playing and what I want out of games. Do you know what I mean? No, that's absolutely true. I mean, I feel the same way. It's not like I seek out like intentionally negative podcasts, but like there's not a lot of value in hearing someone say, oh, game XYZ came out, and it was so fun. I really enjoyed my time with it. It was so good. And, you know, especially if I've played that same game, like maybe I think of like a couple issues where I, I, I could see an issue there, a problem, something that I would like to improve or something that wasn't so good. I mean, maybe the game is good overall, but, you know, maybe there's a few things that could be improved. And whenever I hear somebody just like gloss over all that and they just they're really trying hard to be positive, like it's really boring. Like it's number one, <laughs> I think they're not really honest because I find it hard to imagine someone can like every game that they play and just like genuinely, like honestly like it. I mean, it's like. Do you like every meal that you eat? Do you like every TV show that you watch? Do you like every movie that you, you go to? Like, I mean, people, are you a robot? Like, what's going on? Like, you must not like certain things. So are you are you intentionally avoiding negative things? Or do you just not want to talk about it or what? Like, praise is praise, and that's great. But if you never criticize anything, then praise has no value. Like, you have to have a balance. And that it, it says to me, like, what kind of a person you are. Like, the things that you pick out as complaints or as criticisms, not, not negative, but I mean, you know, criticism can be good. Criticism can be constructive. It can be helpful. If you're not offering any kind of criticism, then like, what kind of time do you spend with your games? Is it totally like mental checkout time? Is it an escape from the world? Like you don't really look at what you're doing 
like in a, in a, in evaluative fashion. Like I just, I, I kind of question that. So I like hearing people talk about, like you said, like what they, what worked, what didn't work, what could be done differently, like really take apart a game and, and look at it and, and really see the pluses and minuses. Every game, every game can, can be looked at in, in that lens. So I, I, I find those discussions like you, uh, much more valuable than the ones where people are cheerleading all the time. I find that really boring. And I often um, stop listening to podcasts where people have difficulty being critical. Indeed. I uh, I mean, I don't really listen to that many podcasts, but I, I agree 100%. And there we go. And there we go. I guess, uh, I guess for, for real, for real, we can sign off now, can't we? I think we can. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next week. This is Bye from Brad. And bye from Corey. We will see you guys next week. 